way we Run around the mulberry bush and up I chase the weasels at the thing. <laughs> right. no, I don't think so. <laughs> that I get the wrong one. Mixed, mixed. Not the deed, the deed, Welcome to Which Game First, where we boldly explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we unearth any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we set mechanical plans in motion to cobble together a victory in nerdy inventions. Next, we spread across the windy desert to the wildflower prairies as we expand our empire in Kingdom Builder. And lastly, we squint real hard as we try to recall some elementary stuff in Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? I'm your host, Celeste DeAngelis. Now let's meet the rest of our brave and intrepid panel. Hi, I'm Evan Bernstein. I grew up with DC Comics. Sorry, Marvel. I'm Ed Povlaitis. Neo Tokyo was built in 2019 after Tokyo was destroyed by Akira. Hi, I'm Mike Grenier, and I think Superman is the laziest and most overrated superhero of all times. Fight me if you don't like my opinion on that. Okay, here come the emails. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hey, Evan, what unboxings have you been starring in lately? Well, Celeste, let me tell you. Better yet, let me show you. Go to our Instagram page and take a look at those videos. Yep, get your visual fix for which game first. And as always, thanks for listening. Our first game up this week is Nerdy Inventions, designed by Chifan Shen, published by Homo Sapiens Lab and Mayday Games. In 2016, number of players 2 to 4, ages 8 and up, playtime 25 to 30 minutes. Okay, when we dusted off this find, what were our first impressions? Mike? Isn't every invention nerdy? Well, maybe not the Tesla death ray. Evan? Tell me an invention of any worth that isn't somehow nerdy. The modern world is the sum of nerdy inventions. Ed? Yeah, remember how we used to make fun of all those wheel nerds back in the day? The character on the box cover looks half gentleman farmer and half heartless rail baron. I am (laughs) confused and intrigued. So Evan, tell us how to play. Nerdy Inventions, where players compete to earn the title of Nerdiest Inventor. In each turn, the active player rolls three dice. Then they may do the following four actions as many times as they want. Number one, use your own invention card. Number two, charge your own invention card. Number three, research. Number four, build. When a player cannot or decides not to take any more actions, they pass and it's the next player's turn. Invention cards provide victory points and abilities. At the end of the game, the player with the highest total of victory points wins the game. So speaking of the odd picture on the cover, this is a Euro game style game in that it is languageless. So there is a lot of symbology on these cards, along with quirky art. What did you guys think of it? Yeah, it seemed like they were kind of going for a steampunky theme there. Late 19th century feel, definitely. You know, with airships and steam-powered locomotives. Mechanical butterflies. Ooh, mechanical butterflies. Yeah, (laughs) I knew you were going to be interested in that. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, definitely when you get there, when you have the top hat with the goggles on it. I mean, if that's not steampunk, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it is. It is the uh, poster child for steampunk. So how do you build these inventions? Like, what do you do to build them? 
you roll the dice and the dice will tell you which inventions you can take from the display. Yeah, there's a community set of inventions on display. Each one gets assigned a number, one, two, three, four, five, six die rolls, right? So roll the dice and you need to have the right combination of die rolls in order to potentially go ahead and grab up that particular invention. For example, one might say if the sum of your dice is greater than 12. Right, that, and then you can take that particular card for any... So that's like your currency to buy the stuff off the display. Yeah, okay. Another one might say if you have a pair. Yeah, and you roll four dice. Three or four. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Three or four. And it was pretty engaging while other people were taking their turns because you're looking at what inventions are there and also what tools you have available. Your tool set changes your dice rolls? It can add things to dice, take things away, give you options to add more dice and things like that. Yeah, it'll help you manipulate your role to where you want it to be in order to grab the invention you want to take credit for having invented. You can tap your tool to add a level of your invention to your die roll. Now, when you buy an invention, is it an already made invention or is it like a blueprint to build an invention? Well, the, the cards are a different invention that you can add to your well workshop. So are you working towards something bigger? <laughs> like a Voltron kind of thing? You put it all together? Cards equal victory points. It didn't feel connected enough to me. And the art was nice, but again, it wasn't spectacular. It was just sort of there. It was basic. The inventions could have been more interesting, especially since they were kind of going for that steampunk angle. They could have made the inventions fantastic instead of realistic. They don't sound very nerdy. Yeah, they sound just like real inventions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a bit of a disconnect there. Some of the things are looking for the steampunk thing in the iconography, but unfortunately, since it's all icon, there's not really any tech there to help convey the theme of the world they're trying to go for. I mean, you could do that with the right pictures, though, with the right art. Definitely. You know, if you had fantasied up the art a little bit. They come off a little bit like clip art rather than illustration per se. That's a very bad word in the art world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think also going back to the title of the game, Nerdy Inventions, that's probably the biggest problem I had with this. I don't see how these are nerdy per se. The word nerd has a very late 20th century feel to it where this is definitely going for late 19th century theme. And I wonder if that's just sort of a lost in translation kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think this was an English native English speaker who designed this game. I would have certainly been more engaged if those inventions were bananas and I had something really <laughs> exciting in front of me. Like, I want to be the inventor, you know, of that robot elephant. <laughs> I want to be the person who invented this. So I went to the worldatlas.com website. There is such a thing. <laughs> they list a bunch of the greatest inventions of the 19th century. Here are the top three. Number three was the elevator, invented in 1852. Solid. It allowed for the invention of skyscrapers. Yes, exactly right. Number two, oh boy, not solid, Jello, 1897. <laughs> <laughs> Pearl modified gelatin. That is still, I mean, it's hell, it stood the test of time. This is best inventions. What do they mean by best, though? Like, Jello isn't world breaking. Like, <laughs> greatest inventions. I, I was kind of thinking like the wheel was like one of those things was pretty revolutionary. Well, we're talking about 19th century 
Oh, okay, okay. okay. Right, so we're, we're, I, I focused on that because that was the theme of this game, Jello. But number one, the automobile, 1889, sure. Okay, that one I go with. Okay, explorers, it is time to dig up or bury nerdy inventions. Ed? Rolling well is the key strategy in this game, but it is satisfying when you manage to trigger your plan. I'm not sure if this will hold up, but I'll dig it up for at least a couple of more contraptions. Will it hold up like Jello? <laughs> Evan? I had fun rolling and analyzing my opponent's rolls. The randomness did not outweigh the strategy for me because there's lots of ways to build better mousetraps. I say dig it up. Mike? I was trapped in the mines. No, that's not where I was. <laughs> I did not get a chance to play this game. The name is intriguing to me, but after hearing you guys' comments, I'm not so sure. But uh, for now, I'll abstain from judgment. I liked the dice rolling, but for games with dice and cards, there are a lot more interesting and engaging choices. So I'm going to have to bury it or decommission it. Deactivate it. <laughs> Evan, where can you find this game? Online retail stores, anywhere from six to 12 bucks. If you have thoughts about nerdy inventions, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our next game up this week is Kingdom Builder, designed by Donald X. Vaccarino, published by Queen Games in 2011. Number of players 2 to 4, ages 8 and up, playtime 45 minutes. Okay, when we shined a light on this find, what were our first thoughts? Mike? I will build my mighty empire upon this field of flowers. Evan? Houses and hex maps, ready to play. Ed? Build your dominion upon the lands. Nice looking landscape, but so sterile. Will there be life in this kingdom? But before we plant our flags, Evan, tell us how it's played. In Kingdom Builder, the players create their own kingdoms by skillfully building their settlements, aiming to earn the most gold at the end of the game. During his turn, a player plays his terrain card and builds three settlements on three hexes of this kind. If possible, a new settlement must be built next to one of that player's existing settlements. When building next to a location, the player may earn an action tile, which allows special actions such as moving your settlements. Players will earn gold by building next to castles and by meeting the goals of all three of the random King Builder cards. The game ends when a player has placed all their settlements, the player with the most gold wins. So did anybody feel like they were building a kingdom here? Well, more like a community. They're building a bunch of little houses. <laughs> yeah. Why yeah. weren't they little like castles or ramparts or something? More or walls. A, yeah. So I, I wasn't sure about the houses. I kept thinking, okay, Monopoly. They definitely looked like Monopoly. I think my son came by while we were playing and asked if it was Monopoly. But I mean, you wouldn't want castles because you're not building, it's not castle builder. You are building a kingdom. You need people. I get that. But you don't want people walking by saying, hey, what are you playing? Monopoly? No. I agree with you. Houses were a pretty dull choice for the meeple to expand your kingdom with. Yeah. To me, it felt like games where you build a camel caravan across the yes, desert or something it like did. that. Ah, camels. Mm -hmm. well, I really like Through the Desert, but it has some similarities with that. I think the the settlement meeples were pretty cool. They worked, but it didn't, you know, you're stringing them together for whatever reason. I didn't understand that. I understand the mechanic, but the concept, as far as it relates to the subject matter, there's a disconnect there. This is an abstract game where you're 
connecting your pieces and the theme of kingdom building is laid on top of it. I wouldn't necessarily call it an abstract, but the theme is pretty weak. It was weird that you had to draw one card each turn and you had to build on that type of land. It really hamstrung me a lot of times because I was just waiting to draw flowers and I didn't draw the flower territory once during the entire game. So my long and uninterrupted chain never happened because I couldn't close it out. Yeah, the limits on the where you could build were extremely frustrating in this game. I didn't feel at all like I was working toward a, a strategy. I didn't feel challenged. I felt frustrated. Yeah, if you, you're waiting for a single card, it can be very limiting, especially since, you know, it's like only a one in five chance of getting that card. Maybe let you draw two and choose one or draft them or something like that would be fun. I'm sure there are some house rules for that, because I think a lot of people have complained about the the limiting factor of having a hand of one card. It certainly happened to me. And I think another limiting thing is it's very tough for first-time players, because that very first placement in the game is so critical. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah, and, and that speaks to the balance of the game. I think that any game where you have to make the right choice right off the bat is not a well-balanced game. I saw that they tried to make some replayability happen in the game by drawing a few different victory type tiles, which tells you what has value for that game. So that was something that was nice about it. Yeah, they have a lot of variability in the game. There are 10 different Kingdom Builder cards, which change what scores point. Plus, there's eight different boards in the game, and each board has a different special ability on it. So there's going to be four different special abilities in every game. Uno, dos, tres. That is burned, and you get a new one. Okay, uh, what's your name? Boom! King of the Forest, baby. Uno. Doso. King of the Forest! Treso. Thank you. Right, and those were really useful, and I didn't get them early enough when I played, I think. Uh, But they were super useful in augmenting where you can put your pieces. Yeah, I think there's a a push and pull toward trying to get the special abilities or trying to get the city locations, which gives you um, victory points. Yeah, Celeste, you had a problem kind of getting your pieces towards those city areas, and that had you stuck. Yeah, that was just one of the ways I was stuck. It is a hex map. I like that. Yeah, the hex maps are really cool, and it's from the designer of Dominion. Right, and I love his design for Dominion. I'll just go back a couple of weeks. We reviewed Tikal. And that was a hex map, but the map was so interesting because there were interesting things to experience on it. It wasn't just sort of a set of colors that you have to build through. Yeah, I guess the theory with this one is it's a blank slate that you're kind of painting your kingdom onto. Yeah, it felt so barren and empty, you know? Maybe if the meeples were like more vibrant instead of just these wooden blocks for houses. (laughs) Like if it felt more like a kingdom. True. Okay, explorers, get your shovels out. It's time to dig up or bury Kingdom Builder. Evan? Well, it was easy to learn, easy to play. Hex maps are good. The game has some limitations. The Monopoly-like houses were out of context. I think there were other better similar games out there we've played, like the ones that have used camels. So (laughs) I'll bury it. Mike? Not a huge fan of just sitting around waiting for luck of the draw to be on my side, so I have to bury it. Ed? There's a good amount of variety and strategy in this game that's easy to learn and quick to play. That makes this a fine game that many people like. However, it hasn't really grabbed me. So I'll play it when people suggest it, but my copy is buried under a few other games I play first. 
Yeah, the theme was just really not there for me. It felt vacant and even a little lonely. So I will bury it in its vast and quiet forest. Ed, where can you find the game? This game is available at local online game stores. Retail for about $60. If you have thoughts about Kingdom Builder, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our last game up this week is Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Designed by Michelle Duval, published by... Parker Brothers in 2007, number of players 2 to 4, ages 8 and up, playtime 30 minutes. Okay, when we crack the spine on this find, what were our first thoughts? Evan? I've never watched the TV show, so at least if I embarrass myself, the audience size is only 5. Ed? A trivia game based on a TV show. How <laughs> quaint. <laughs> Mike? Please tell me this isn't full of Jeff Foxworthy's humor. Right. Identify the conjunction in the following sentence. <laughs> I really like to eat hamburgers and hot dogs. I love trivia and the fact that the difficulty level stops at fifth grade. This should be a piece of cake, right? But before we, as the tagline on the box says, find out if we make the grade, Evan, tell us how it's played. In Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Each player in succession tries to win money by answering a series of questions that have been taken from elementary school textbooks. <sighs> if a player can correctly answer two questions from each grade, first through fifth grade, in a row without getting any wrong, then they can go for the million-dollar final question. If the player reaches and answers that question correctly, too, then they win a million dollars and the game. Well, you know... It's fake money. It's not really a million dollars. So don't get too excited, folks. Now, if a player gets any question wrong on their way to the million dollar question, they instantly lose and are out of the running. A player can also choose to stop answering questions at any point on the way to the million dollar question, opting to take their money, winnings, and run. But to do so, they must first state out loud, I am not smarter than a fifth grader. <laughs> Then if no one gets to the million, the player who has the most money is the winner. Did you follow that? Uh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> How about those game mechanics? So on the show, the quote unquote fun part is that you're embarrassed when an actual fifth grader is there answering the question correctly, right? I mean, was there any kind of way to simulate that in this game? That happens on the Nickelodeon show. You're right, Mike, but no, there's no fifth grader here. You literally just make a run one at a time. This is the this is the most problematic mechanic I think in the game is that each player plays alone and goes through the game one at a time. So they start at the beginning and they answer they try to answer all the questions up to the million dollars. I'm on the accelerated course. True or false? Every word has two or more syllables. False. That's a fourth grade question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I have a little, I have a problem with the district myself. Whoa. So everybody else is just waiting for your turn to be over and it's a long turn? It kind of. There's one other thing that supposedly is designed to engage everybody else at the table. And that is there are three emergency helping devices in the game. 
Once per your run of trivia questions, you can peek at another player's answer. You can copy another player's answer, or you can ask them to save you with their answer. So technically, everybody else is supposed to be writing the answers to each of the trivia questions down as you go, but you're almost never make use of those. And I almost never wrote down an answer because it was kind of pointless. Well, yeah, they don't give you any points or something if you are the side character that gets the answer right. So your incentive is actually to just put the wrong answer down. Exactly. We did have to have a discussion about that specifically because you're right. You could start plotting against your fellow participants and throw in all sorts of crazy answers that are obviously wrong. Uh, We had to come to an understanding, a house rule essentially, saying that we were going to write down what we thought were really the true answers. You had to establish that. One little incentive. If your answer was picked to help win, you got a thousand bucks. That's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Not not real money. The other guy gets a million, but hey, thanks for the thousand bucks. Thanks. That's almost an insult. Yeah, that's quickly overshadowed by, like, I think the first step was like 5,000 or something like that. Yeah, the the mechanics are are problematic on every front. (laughs) Yeah, are there really mechanics here? (laughs) (laughs) mechanics yeah that's generous (laughs) i'm not sure you know they tried you know this is parker brothers they were trying i guess to come as close as possible to the tv game show feel Uh. um, which is in my opinion not achieved at all um i mean we played three on a match was way closer oh my gosh that was fun that was was actually a good game (laughs) yeah so you know this just watching somebody slog through the questions was mildly interesting so that alone was dull then these um handwriting the answers down was annoying because most of the time the you the player would just answer it quickly so you didn't even have time to write anything down right so it failed to copy the game they were trying to mimic and it failed to really be a fun game hmm yeah wow Wow. i was gonna Um, say wouldn't this game have been better if skip decent was hosting at least most things are better when skip decent hosts right but essentially you're reading to yourself a bunch of questions and answering them yourself for the most part with a little bit of help that's kind of it yeah, kind of a solo game. You could play this solo because it had a cool component in it. Um, that old-fashioned sort of very popular in the 1990s type of red decoding card. Oh, the sleeve decoder. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Each question was on that red obscured card. So, like, you couldn't read the card unless you put it in the red window decoder. Wow. And this was printed in 2007? Yeah. I love trivia games, and I thought the questions were pretty good. You know, Ugh, mine sucked. <laughs> except for Evans. <laughs> Can I use that word on this show? Yeah, well, I, I think Evan in this particular case will allow Ugh. the word suck. Because, because your question did not at all prove that you were not smarter than a fifth grader. And let me tell you what the question was. Finish the nursery rhyme round and round the mulberry bush dot 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 so all it did was prove that evan was not raised in a spooky 19th century new england hamlet and it's even worse than that mike because i not only did i get the answer wrong we Uh go to verify it on the internet we get three different answers as to what the real answer (laughs) is so there is no real answer that sounds like the trivia game we played from like the 1920s or whatever it was (laughs) where the answers are just different yeah but i mean seriously are they i mean second grade question they're teaching kids about 
nursery rhymes and mulberry boy. I was so frustrated. I almost <laughs> that was as close as I came to a table flip, Mike. As, oh, I'm glad my spirit was in the room at least. The etymology of that nursery rhyme is in dispute. It doesn't actually have a real answer. Wow. One historian speculates that it is from the old Wakefield prison, (laughs) (laughs) where it was a women's prison about 400 years ago, where they used to exercise the prisoners around a mulberry tree. Isn't it crazy how many of those like nursery rhymes are super dark? Yes. Oh, yeah. Nursery. Oh, yeah. Bring around the rosy. (laughs) The London Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we take scary topics and turn them into games now. It's not very different. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Fair scary enough. topics like, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Yeah, at least we're accurate when we make our games. <laughs> How many nightmares have we had about waking up in class and, and, and being asked the question? I mean, come on, this is a nightmarish game. Only two people have ever won the million dollar prize on the actual TV game show. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Kathy Cox, a superintendent of public schools in the state of Georgia. And George Smoot. Winner of the 2006 Nobel Prize for Physics. And runner-up for coolest last name. (laughs) Smoot. Is he more impressed with his Nobel Prize or the million bucks he won? I don't know. It's a (laughs) toss-up. Leave it to Germany to think that Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, the TV show, was a good idea and make their own version of it, which (gasps) is called Das Wieb Dach Jedes Kind. What does that mean? Are you as smart as a kid? That'd be my guess. So, believe it or not, this show is about to be revived on Nickelodeon as we speak, released June 10th, probably the same day as this episode. I knew we were missing something in the world. But this time it's not hosted by Jeff Foxworthy. It is hosted by John... John Stamos. No, John (laughs) Cena, the wrestler. You're right, Evan. John Cena, the wrestler. But you know what the problem is here, folks? Parker Brothers is going to come out with a new version of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? We're going to have to review that game, and who knows what the quality will be at that point. We don't have to. (laughs) Aren't we obligated? Doesn't the curiosity get the better of us in situations like this? As long as I can get it for the same price I paid for this one, which was two bucks at my local consignment shop. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Splurs, get out your shovels. It's time to dig up or bury... Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Ed? Well, as Joshua said, the only winning move is not to play. Bury it. Evan? Board games based on TV shows are totally hit or miss. This is a miss. (laughs) Bury it. Mike? Well, I'm not sure if I'm smarter than a fifth grader or not, but I was smart enough to miss this game. (laughs) Uh, For now, since I haven't played it, I'll hold my opinion. But let me just tell you, it probably involves a shovel at some point. (laughs) (laughs) The trivia questions are not half bad, but the single player at a time mechanic makes for a very dull ride. Bury it. There are tons of copies of this game on the secondary market from anywhere from three to ten bucks I saw online. And if you have thoughts about, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Let us know. We would love to hear from you. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you've done. If you'd like more perks and content from our show, including exclusive episodes and a weekly post-show episode, you can go to our website and click on Become a Supporter today. If you get a chance, please leave us a rating or a review anywhere online. It really helps others find the show. Join our chat on our Discord server. We are at Which Game First, and our Patreon supporters get access to exclusive channels. 
Happy gaming, explorers! Goodbye! Stop poking me. Yes, my lord. Work, work. <laughs>